Hello, this is Tim of the Minnesota Adventist Podcast, and today I'm doing something a little different. I'll be interviewing a new friend of mine from Texas, and your name is? Hi, my name is Calvin Runge. Calvin Runge. And you have a business, and what's the name of your business? Yeah, so my business is Seen Alive, like the scene of a movie. We started out in, in Virginia a couple of years ago, actually, 2014, and then gradually moved down to Texas and Tennessee. All right. So the last three days, I've been working with Calvin and another worker or employee of his. His name is Hevert. He's not with us. And we've been working on installing a new AV system for the Dodge Center Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we're still working on it. There's been many, many hands involved in this project, not just the three of us. But So we're excited about what we're accomplishing there and look forward to getting the system completed and use it to further advance the cause of God here on earth. We're traveling in a vehicle. We're actually in a fully electric vehicle. First time I've ever been in a fully electric vehicle. But while we're traveling, I thought I would conduct this podcast because our time is so short that I just wanted to take advantage of this time with Calvin. So, Calvin, do you consider your business a ministry. I noticed you like to pray before we start. So is it a ministry or is it strictly, I just want to get out there and make money? So, <laughs> so that's a really good question. So we are Adventists founded. And so we realized very early on that it's very easy to go into the deep end and, you know, slide off into doing, you know, everything in media. The problem is your values quickly start eroding away. And so what we decided to do is, since we're Adventists, we were going to run our company. It's for-profit, but we have a non-profit arm, and that's the one that goes out and helps churches. So yes and no, to answer your question. Yeah, we, we, we love doing ministry. We do consider this ministry because if you consider the hours spent, for example, you know, in, in, in the installation of the church, it would cost tens of thousands if you had a professional team come, come out here. Not saying we're not professional, but... They are professional. Yeah, if you had a, 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 an outside team do it. But because this is, you know, we, we are all part of the same family. We all have the same mission and the same goal. We wanted to help churches improve their AV. And so we had, we created a nonprofit arm that does just that. Okay. How many church installations would you guess you've done? We've been involved in the installation of, it's, it's been a handful when it comes to actual installs. With consultations, it's, uh, it's quite a few. We, we, we get called on a constant basis, you know, people asking what's the best sound system to use, what's the best camera. These are questions that are always there, but it, it's almost like going to a doctor and, and asking, hey, I've got, I've got a cold, what's the best medicine to, to, get, to take it away? The question is, you know, is, is, is always raised, but the, the answer is not as simple as, as, as you know, word, one-worded answer. So that's why the consultation is, is so important, because it's not as simple as just buying one item. We need to dig a little deeper. So that's, you know, that's what we love doing, the consultation. So we've been involved in quite a few of those. Okay. So do you want to just throw out your website, phone number or something, in case somebody wanted to contact you that... <laughs> Is hearing this? Sure. My website is seenalive.com. 
And that's S-C-E-N-E-A-L-I-V-E.com or just Calvin, as in Calvin Klein, Calvin at CenaAlive.com. All right. Thank you for that. And my phone number, if you're interested, is 817-877-6398. Okay. So you, you've done these church installations, you've done the consultations, and what are some common misconceptions out there as far as church AV systems that you run into a lot? Yeah. So some of the misconceptions, well, there's quite a few. I would always go with, you know, the common one, the most common one, which is if we have, if we upgrade our sound system and our cameras, then we will get more views on YouTube. Or if we, you know, upgrade the aforementioned, then we will have a better production. That's all the biggest misconception. The thing is, you have to ask yourself, are we TV ready to start off with? If you are, then I would say, do we have a game plan as in a media strategy? Well, I'm going to interrupt you. You said TV ready. So could you define that for us? Sure. So if you ever watch a, a program on television, and I know worship is, is different from a broadcast, but it's technically the same to the viewer. So what's happening is if, if you have like pregnant, pregnant pauses in, inside a, a production, so you have the announcements and then you, you take in church when you're sitting, you have the announcements, the announcer goes down the stage, somebody else walks up and then it continues. That's a pregnant pause. And the problem is somebody viewing it doesn't, is not privy to everything that's happening inside the church. And so that's one of them. The second one would be if you have a church that's not, you know, by not ready for TV, that, that is not, that has a lot of parts that are not polished up. So the song service is not quite cleaned up. Everything is put out there. And remember, once you put something out there, it is out there forever. And so if your worship is not polished, then that's what I mean by TV ready, not TV ready. Do you ever help people understand that as far as working with them? Well, like I started off by mentioning, we're, we all have the same mission. We all have the same goal. We all go into the same, we all have the same target. So when we have these consultations, we make that known from the very get-go. And we look at it from an outside perspective. So the first question I always ask is, why should I care? Like when somebody goes, I want to start a YouTube channel, I always go, okay, why should I care? Which is the first thing that, that viewers want to know. What is it that you're going to give me that I don't already know? What is it that you're going to give me? Because I'm basically giving you my time or my attention for, your, for, your, for what you're airing. So they want to know what it is that, you know, what value do, they, do you offer? And so we start off by asking the same question. What value do you offer? And I ask it in a harsh way because it kind of stops, you know, gets the wheels going and going, how can we get what we're presenting to mean something to someone? So it can be very important to you, but how you, how you express that or how you show that could, be a, could come out with a completely different message. So yeah, we do help people, you know, come to an, a better understanding of how to be more valuable, if you can say, for, for the, the common viewer. Okay. Getting back to, you mentioned this pregnant pause, and that makes me think of, of recording your service 
editing it and then putting on YouTube versus a live. It seems like if you're going to go live, it really has to be choreographed carefully in order to be TV ready. Is that correct? Yes, it, it definitely does have to be choreographed extremely well. That's actually one thing we do advise. We say if you're if you're ready to go to go live out, you should record yourself first. Once you've recorded your yourself, rewatch it and have a couple of people watch it with you as well, and then critique it the way somebody who's never heard of of you critiques it or would critique it. And so what that does, it helps you polish up your presentations, polish up your your, your quote unquote production, your worship service so that it can be TV ready. Do churches have some sort of a committee that handles this? And what would be the name of that committee? That would probably be the communication committee. I know in churches we don't we don't do PR, but yeah, that would be the communication community. Okay, it's not it's not by default the, the A V people just a communication committee that and they would of course would work closely with the A V people in, in figuring out how to clean things up and make things T V ready. Yes, I think many churches don't see the importance of having a communication. Let me even start off with, you know, not even AV, just communications, because communications would then, you know, bleeds into, and I also mentioned earlier PR, it bleeds into how does the community see you? So what marketing are you putting out there? How are you promoting your brand as as a church? Because it is a brand for people who are, you know, watching and even for, you know, for all intents and purposes, it is a brand. So the Adventist Church does have a website with brand guidelines. So whenever you have a presentation, you can use their brand guidelines to, you know, to help your church actually achieve the level of, I guess, excellence that is already out there in the world because they've done the hard work for you. So just jump in there. So give us what's the name of that website? I think if you if you just Google, I'm not so sure what the name is of the of the website, but if you Google Adventist brand guidelines, it should be one of the first two links that pops up there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's extremely important to have a communications team. If you don't have one, I would say start one. If you're planning on 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 on, on going live. But even if you're not, you need to know how does the community see you? Are you are you valuable to the community that you serve because when we're in a community we're there to serve and so if we're if we don't know how we're serving that community or what their 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 view is of us we can't change we can't change it so the first step is always understanding what's going on before we we can ever fix anything is there some tool or mechanism whereby a person can get some feedback from the community as far as how a church is actually viewed yeah, surveys. You can. You can You're talking door to door surveys. We could do. I'm talking door to door service surveys. The reason I say that is because yeah, we are in a technological age, and yeah, you can use email marketing because you know if you have if you already have a YouTube following, you could you might already have a a list of emails that you are you know corresponding with. So ask them how it, how do you view our stream? Is there anything that you would change? because this gets you to see what parts do they appreciate more, what parts do they not. How can you improve? Because that's the whole point. We need to improve. Door-to-door, because if you live in a certain community, the immediate radius is the people that you're serving. And that's the reason why you're there. So if you're able to ask them, you know, door-to-door, hey, what services would you need? How do you, do you even know that we exist? You can then better 
you know, start understanding how you can become better as a church community. Excellent. Uh, have you ever heard of, it's, it's a business, or maybe it's a branch of a, of a commercial business, an Adventist owns it, but it's called Rethinking Evangelism. Have you ever heard of that? It rings a bell, but I've not really looked into, into it. I mean, the things that you're talking about are the things that they, they do, but I was just curious. So there are entities out there that help churches with their profile as far as their image in the community. Yeah. Are you aware of other businesses that do that? Or? Yeah, there's a, there's a very popular one on YouTube. It's non-Adventist. I'm not so sure what the denomination is, but what they do is they primarily go out and help churches with their media as well. And their name is Churchfront. They've got a lot of really good resources. So definitely check them out as well. Okay, well, we gotta, we're going to pause this because we need to get out and do something, but we'll continue this in a few minutes. All right, so we're back online here and got a few more minutes before we're going to be at church. So I'm just wondering, a lot of churches, I think, nowadays seem to be facing, we have an analog board, should we go digital or not? I mean, can you give us some guidance on that? You're speaking of audio in particular, right? Okay. I think it, I think it's, 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 it's important to look again at the use cases. If you don't have a lot of, you know, a lot going on at, at the church, then I think investing in that, because that's what it is, an investment. If, you, if you're investing in that, it needs to, you need to look at it as, you know, is it going to improve what we're doing? Is it going to make it easier for us to do what we're doing? And a lot of times a digital board does, does do that more times than not. You've got more functionality, but then again, the learning curve is greater. So if you have the time and the resources to do so, I would advise into, you know, getting it. Okay. So as far as the church, the communication committee, the YouTube, streaming, et cetera, churches that are doing this, are there some churches out there that you would mind telling us about that are really doing it well? So perhaps a person can go to their, their YouTube channel or their church website and view some of their material. Absolutely. The way I see it is, and I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but yeah, Apple versus PC. A lot of churches are PC. I, I, I think you misunderstood my question, but I'm glad you're answering that one. But as far as churches that are streaming their, their church services live or putting them up on YouTube and they do a good job of it, can you name some churches that you know of that do a good job? But continue with your discussion versus Apple versus BC. Yeah, and, and the reason why I brought that up is because of this point. So a lot of churches, one second, a lot of churches view a production, a church worship as just a church worship, and, and it is, and that's what it's supposed to be. But there are churches out there that are doing a fantastic job, and that's where the Apple part comes in. So Bethel Church is one of the few that I consider to be in the Apple Church production uh, in, in that sense. Bethel, I mean, is this an Adventist church or? It is, it is not Adventist at all. It is. <laughs> be careful, be careful. <laughs> it is not Adventist at all. But what they do is they have a really huge following because of the aspects that I mentioned earlier, which is, which is they have a media strategy. 
So they don't get cameras for camera's sake or audio for audio's sake. Every single thing that they do on screen is choreographed. Now, the problem with doing that is you then start focusing on the production and not the worship service, which then turns it into something completely different. So I think that's where the balance has to be drawn. And I think we have to go back to asking ourselves before we do X, is it going to improve or is it going to detract away from what we're actually trying to do, our goal? So if we have to in- install, say, a light system in a church that never had a light system, what does that do for the integrity of the worship service? Because at the, at the forefront, we have, to, we have to understand that there's people who come to church to worship and, and, and there's others who come for other reasons. But if, you are, if you're coming there to worship, your worship experience might be completely changed by the fact that you are having technology distract you from the actual service. So again, go back to that question. What, is, what are we trying to achieve? And I'm not saying that if, if you're you know, going all the way out and, and, and putting together multi-million dollar productions, and yes, Bethel does do that. And of course, you know, there's, there's Joel Olstein. He also has a fantastic setup. I think his productions are, you know, one camera, for example, is in the 20, 30, 40,000 range. Just the camera, not even the lens or the people who are going to run it. And when you're looking at that, you're actually looking at paid personnel. So you could be spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on a church service in a day just on personnel to make sure that everything goes right. So again, at that point, you're, you're now spending, you know, more money to achieve a goal that, you know, might never have been what you were looking to achieve. So again, going back to what is the actual thing that you're doing? You know, and as I think about this, and I know that Calvin agrees with this too, but all this technology is worthless without the power of the Holy Spirit and a good, well-defined mission. And so that's foundational to, to what is done. But if you have that, then, well, it's, it would be good to be able to share your church service and, and your productions with, well, right now it's very easy just to just share with the world. Anybody that is able to listen to YouTube can, can view your service. So I, I think that's how I, how I view it. But I asked you at the beginning of this something about misconceptions, but, and maybe this is kind of the same question, but are there some common mistakes that churches make consistently with AV systems? Yeah, not planning ahead. And I've seen this time and time again where, you know, the latest technology comes out and you think that's going to help. And so you buy it and, or, or, you know, you need, you know, you get one piece of equipment that can't really function. So you buy another, you know, dongle that make. What's a dongle? So it's a, it's, you know, we can, we can look at it as an interface that, you know, connects two devices. Yeah. And so what would happen is you, you just keep on spending and spending and spending. The problem is you never had a strategy to start off with. And so you'll actually spend more money trying to fix a problem that might never have been a problem to start off with, or there might have just been a different solution to take care of it. So that's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen where you start off, you know, buying a a bigger camera. But the problem is with a bigger camera comes, you know, a better computer that you need. Better computer, a bigger camera means that you now have to up your internet. Now, okay, fine, you've got a a better internet, you've got better camera, but hey, your lighting system is still not there. So you're going to upgrade that. So you can see the, the, the cost just to keep skyrocketing. So I think when it comes to the biggest 
issues that I've seen, it's always cost-based because of, a, I, I guess, a lack of, of, of planning or strategy to figure out what needs to be done. Okay. Well, you've been working in Dodge Center here for three days now. It's the fourth day. What are your impressions of what we're trying to do? So I, I love Dodge Center and the church service. I, I, I had a chance to visit it a couple of weeks ago and just to look. And, and that's usually what we do. We, we don't just want to come in like a doctor. He's not going to just, okay, you, you, have a, you have a headache. Let's perform a surgery. That's not how you fix the problem. We want to see how, how does the church operate? How do you conduct the service? Because in, in, in us recommending a way forward, we need to understand, is, it, you know, is, is what we're recommending going to even help? Or is it just going to cover up a bigger problem? And so with Dodge Center, <clears throat> it's been a, a grueling but amazing couple of days. We, we've had a chance to, to, to work with some amazing people like Tim and, you know, who've dedicated their time day in, day out. And so one thing I, I, I see and I, and I appreciate is the worship style. It's a very meticulous, meticulously planned worship style that I've seen throughout the ages. So you have a picture of, you know, the, the early church at Dodge Center. And then and I think it's two pictures right in the foyer. And when I saw that, it helped me understand that your worship style needed to be preserved because there are people who see that very as as very important. So I couldn't recommend, hey, get we're getting cameras, let's go ahead and up the lights because that comes with a with a problem. We're now having we're now introducing something that is foreign to the church and foreign to the members. We can't be hanging speakers from the ceiling as you see in many churches. Not that it's wrong but it wouldn't be in the culture of Dodge Center. So there's, there's a few aspects. Those are just, you know, just to mention a few. And then there's also the, the, the camera setup. We, when we spoke with the interested parties, they didn't want any sticks on the ground. By sticks, I mean tripods, which, which takes away from space. It's also not, you know, the prettiest sight if done incorrectly, but you, it's also distracting. So if you come into a church, again, you want to be able to just worship without any distractions. So when, when, when it comes to that, a camera with a tripod is going to take away, you know, has the ability to take that away. And so we decided to mount the cameras on the ceiling and behind the beams. That way they're hidden and you don't even see them when you, when you, when you walk into church. I think the only time you'll see them is if you sit, you know, towards the half, you know, in the middle to the, to the back row, that's where you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see them, but you'll have to turn your head. So that's, you know, a couple of things that we've, we've, we've taken into consideration. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed this very much, but we're going to wrap it up. We have something we have got to get to here. We like to close with prayer, and a lot of times we like to open with prayer. We didn't do that, but would you mind having prayer for us here as we close? Sure. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to just speak to our brothers and sisters. We all have a yearning to and a desire to to spread your word, to spread your gospel. As, as we have seen in the last couple of days and just interacting with Dodge Center, their passion for ministry in, in not just certain individuals, but it's in the culture of the church. We thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, for the energy that you've given the members. And we thank you for all who are listening. And pray, Lord, that this may not just be in vain, but it may reach out and help us all 
prepare for your soon return by reaching out to the whole entire world. We thank you, Lord, for your Sabbath. We thank you, Lord, for this day of rest. And we ask, Lord, that you may bless us and be with our families as well. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much, Calvin. And I just want you to know, and Hevert, he's not here right now, but it's been such a pleasure to work with you two. You know, when they people met the disciples, they said, surely they have been with Jesus. And that's been my experience with you and Hevert. The love of Jesus shines from you in your lives, and your characters are representative of that. So I hope that our paths can cross again. I feel like I've made friends for life, and we'll just look forward to any further contact we can have with you in the future.